TII item 275, July 15th, 2013. Iowa 7, Beta 3. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah! My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by the TII app, the official app for the Today in iOS podcast. Search for TII in the iTunes app store. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is a Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Jeffrey for sending in the music here in the background. Jeffrey wrote, Hi, Rob. Here's a track called Heroes I made using GarageBand on my iPhone 4S. Regards, Jeffrey. And you can find me on Twitter at, at JeffJ6. Thanks, Jeffrey, for the music. And folks, I'll also put the full song at the end of the episode. I want to thank Richard for sending in the artwork for today's show. Richard wrote, Hi Rob, I attached the iPhone dial pad with your contact number displayed along with the corresponding digits tagged by the TII logo. I used PhotoForge 2 to crop the TII logo and Line Camera to add the text and the cropped TII logos. Regards, Richard in sunny South Africa. Well Richard, thanks again for sending in this artwork and you can see Richard's artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 275 or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork and also as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com slash today in iOS. As always, if you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email it to me at todayinios at gmail.com and please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, it looks like the iPhone 4 might be their Vista, and I'm okay with that. Unquote. Kevin Turner, Chief Operating Officer, Microsoft, 14th of July, 2010. Classic. Not sure what is worse about the quote. One, that the iPhone 4 turned out to be highly successful and is still selling well today. Or two, he tried to dog an Apple product by comparing it to a Microsoft dog, essentially calling it such. Yeah, probably best when trying to insult your competitor that you don't do it by comparing them to one of your epic failures. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 274, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Illuminate. Thanks to all that sent in emails for that one. I just sent out emails to those winners. This week, we have promo codes for a few different apps. The first app is Space Rage, two words. Here is the review from the dev. Parallel Games Studios introduced... Space Rage for iOS. Space Rage brings players into a new level on mobile action. Fast-paced shooter with amazing gameplay and exciting story. Players enter a new way to fly around in a 3D world. Take your breath and destroy the invaders. First international development. Brazil, Netherlands and USA join together to build this ultimate game. This is a great time for our team with this release and much more to come. Thanks to Jefferson for his review of his app Space Rage and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Space Rage, two words, in the subject line. The second app we have promo codes for is the game Numble Premium. Here is the review from the dev. Hi guys, I'm Jonas Christensen from the Danish development team Take an App, with two Ps of course. We recently launched a new app called Numble. 
Numble is a turn-based game, like Words with Friends or Word Feud, but featuring numbers instead of words and a gameplay similar to Rummy Cup are okay. Numble is very easy to learn, but the number of possible combinations and board manipulations are endless. In Numble, you can compete against your friends or against random players from all around the world. Numble comes in a free version with ads and in a premium version without ads and including premium features such as comprehensive statistics and more. Right now, the development team is working on several new features, so come join us in a game of Numble. Thanks to Dev for his review of his app, Numble Premium, and for sending in promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Numble, spelled N-U-M-B-L-E, in the subject line. The third app we have promo codes for this week is the app Video Stitcher. Here is a review from the dev. My name is Bob Wolfman, and I'm the developer of a new iOS app called Video Stitcher. Video Stitcher is a simple-to-use app that stitches together video clips from your camera roll. The app does not have a lot of bells and whistles, and this was intentional. I designed it to be the video processing app for dummies. Video processing apps can be very difficult to use, and the more features they have, the harder it can be to use them, especially for the average user. The app allows you to select just the clips you want stitched together. By default, the app stitches the clips in chronological order, but you can choose to stitch them in any order you want. Video Stitcher takes full advantage of iOS's multitasking and background processing capabilities so that you can start a stitching operation, then put the app into the background and do other things. The app will notify you when the operation is complete. Please give Video Stitcher a try. And please visit us at www.videostitcher.com. Thanks to Bob for his review of his app, Video Stitcher, and for sending in the promo codes giveaway. Folks, if you want a chance for one of these promo codes, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Video Stitcher in the subject line. Also, since this one definitely would appeal to podcasters, if you agree to do a review of this app that you call in or record and send in, put yes in the body of the email. The first three people that respond with yes in the body of the email, I will send the promo codes to right away so you can get me a review before the next episode. And again, in the subject line, put video stitcher and send that to todayinios at gmail.com. The fourth app we have promo codes for this week is the app Muse. Here is me reading the review that the app sent me in to read. Quote, hello, my app is called Muse. Of course, Apple has its own stock music app, so why even bother looking for a replacement? Well, in short, the reasoning is similar to why people jailbreak, to add flexibility and new features. Muse fills in many of the gaps you might find in the native music app. First, it offers a nice, elegant interface, while album artwork is stretched almost full screen in a manner to which the device appears immersed totally in the music. Moreover, you can share your now playing on Facebook. You can take a picture or choose from your camera roll and add a filter to your picture, choose your skin, Muse will automatically find the Facebook like and share those pictures and information onto your wall. It's easy and fun to share music. Another Muse feature is touch gestures, adding a little extra finesse while also adding functionality to those unable to offer their prize gadget 100% attention. There's also the ability to download music straight from Dropbox or any website. Muse also provides 100 bands EQ with an auto genre function that will change the EQ according to the genre of the music you are listening to. It just costs 99 cents in the iTunes App Store. Unquote. Thanks to Peter for sending in the review of his app to be read and for sending in the promo codes to give away. 
Folks, if you want a chance for this app or a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put Muse, M-U-Z-E, in the subject line. As always, send in just one email for one specific app. If you send in multiple emails or ask for multiple apps in a single email, then, well, no soup for you. A quick reminder, if you are an app developer, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev. Also, when you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. And now into the news. Apple, as part of their way to celebrate the five years of the App Store, is offering some apps for free. Which, if you have the TI app, you should have received a push notification on last week. Per the free apps, they include Barefoot World Atlas, Badland, Day One, Infinity Blade 2, and more. Free for you from Apple for a very limited time. Look for the link titled Free App to Celebrate 5 Years of iTunes App Store in the show notes for episode 275 over at todayinios.com. Alright, a little How Wrong Was I segment. I said on the last show, the Beta 3 of iOS 7 would be out on Monday the 15th, not Monday the 8th like BGR was saying. And well, I was wrong and BGR was right. I still don't believe they have an inside source because the ISPW file for Beta 3 was not completed until July 6th. Still, they were right. I was wrong. Let's see what they say about Beta 4. Okay, so now that Beta 3 is out, which again came out on the 8th, what is new or different? First, in Safari, remember my complaint about when in the combined search and URL box, that's new for Safari and iOS 7, that the keyboard, if you wanted to type, say, tii.libson.com, you would have to type T-I-I, at one, two, three button, period, ABC button, L-I-B-S-Y-N, and then dot com button. Basically, I was complaining that there was no longer a period button on the keyboard for Safari when typing in a URL. Well, that has been updated, and there is now a period button. What is gone is the .com button. Kinda. What you do is tap and hold the period button, and then you get .com along with .net, .edu, .org, and .us. That is, of course, if you have your international settings set to U.S., but if you have them, say, set to UK for your international settings, then tapping and holding the period will give you .uk, .co, .uk, .com, .ie, .edu, .org, .eu, and .net. Another new feature I have not seen mentioned is when in Safari, it now shows you thumbnails of other sites you have visited in a grid when you go to, into the URL slash search box. So essentially, it is a show top sites feature for iOS's Safari, which I really liked, by the way. Other new features include larger status bar items on the lock screen. The calendar app in monthly view now shows a small gray dot for the days you have something scheduled. Folders are looking a little lighter and more transparent. There appears to be a new font in the settings, music app, uh, the weather app, and I'm sure probably some other apps. And there are other UI fluff enhancements. Basically, it was mostly about being more stable and closer to prime time. Another reported change in Beta 3 is for non-Retina iPads. That would be the iPad 2 and the iPad Mini that support iOS 7, where 
iPhone-only apps will now use the iPhone's Retina images in 2x mode rather than the lower res 480 by 320 images. And it automatically puts the apps into 2x mode. I think it was uh, Chris in London that wrote in about a Retina pad, or about Retina pad, one word, in the past, which is a jailbreak app that does the same thing. And the podcast app is actually finally working in Beta 3. Thanks to Jason for the heads up on this next one about Beta 3 and something found in the code that could mean something for a future iPhone. Seems that hidden in the code, reportedly called mogul mode, uh, that allows video recording up to 120 frames per second, which many are speculating means the next iPhone will be able to record at a higher rate so you can play back in slow motion, which, if true will soon become the most overused video effect for the money shot in amateur porn ever. Just saying. However, I'm still sticking with my theory that the next iPhone will allow for 4K video recording, which also fits in with the 120 frames per second rumor. Actually, I think they'll also have slow-mo too. Into the email bag. Hi Rob, small tip on iOS 7. When you ask Siri to set a timer, now you will see it counting down on the lock screen as well. Regards, Saviar. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Thought this was interesting. If you have a dynamic lock screen wallpaper on iOS 7 beta, you can use the parallax and the dynamics will move around. Regards, Nathan. Hi, Rob. iOS 7 beta 3 is stable. No more shutting down apps at any time. Regards, Kevin K. Hi, Kevin. I have found some apps do crash a little bit still. Is beta 3 more stable than beta 2? Absolutely. Well, at least it appears to me to be. Does it mean that uh, apps are not randomly shutting down at all? Well, at least not for me. Nope. Uh, even the native calendar app is shutting down on me randomly. My advice is still wait. If you need your iOS device for work, wait. It's still not ready for prime time. It's better than beta 2, but at least to put it in perspective, I have not upgraded my wife's iPad yet to iOS 7 beta 3 because I fear the reaction I would get at this point with apps crashing, even if it's just occasionally. Again, it appears better than beta 2, but I'm waiting until beta 4 to load it onto my wife's iPad 3rd gen. And if you need your iOS device again for work, I can't stress it enough, don't, don't go to a beta. Hello, this is Justin from Pennsylvania. Um, in response to the guy asking about the dimming of the music, um, this is on the non-jailbroken side. It may not be exactly what he's looking for, but if you put Do Not Disturb on and you play your music, I just tried it and it does not touch your music, but your screen doesn't light up either, so that may not be ideal. And But it won't block your phone calls if it's people on your favorites list, so you can have that setting on Do Not Disturb, so that could make it work better. Just to let you know, uh, just so you don't miss important calls when you're driving, even though you know we shouldn't be touching our phones while we drive. Just uh, wanted to throw that out there. All right, thanks again. Love the show, Rob. Have a good one. Bye. This is Javier calling from South Florida. I'm calling in regards to the caller that had a problem uh, listening to their music in the car and the notification kept lowering the volume. I have an iPhone 5. All you need to do is, is flip the mute switch. Um, when I listen to music in the car via Bluetooth or via auxiliary jack, whether it be music app or the podcasting app, which I use iCatcher, all I do is I flip the mute switch and no, no notifications come through. Um, so the, the volume does not get lowered. The only thing that interrupts it and that you know messes with the volume is uh, a phone call. But text messages, email, and other notifications do not lower the volume. Uh, they, the phone just vibrates, and uh, and that's it. Thanks for all the, the great work you do, Rob, and uh, keep up the great show. 
And we also had a couple emails on that. I'll read one of those. Hi, Rob. Regarding the listener who wanted suggestions for avoiding dropouts in his music from the app and SMS notifications, the question reminded me that this bothered me too, and it prompted me to turn on Do Not Disturb on the phone. That seemed to have worked for me. I drove home listening to podcasts, and when I got there, I noticed I had an SMS message from my wife waiting for me on the screen. As an aside, she is in my favorites list in contacts, and I have enabled disturbing by favorites in Do Not Disturb, but I guess it only applies to phone calls, not other notifications. That's a feature for me. So to summarize, works for me. Hope it works for him. Best regards, Nick. Well, Jeff, Nick, and Javier, thank you very much for your feedback and for all the others that sent in feedback as well. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Per the listener in New Zealand that was looking to send out messages to solicit votes for attending an event, simply use the calendar app and meetings invitations. I use this with Google Calendar Sync. Responses come back in email, but you can see who accepted, rejected, said maybe. There is also a free app called Come On that assists in sending invitations in various formats and appears to aggregate those responses for you. I have not tried it personally. Regards, Troy K. and Tupika. Hi, Rob. I'm responding to DZ from New Zealand about an app for his baseball coaching. Uh, actually, I think it was football coaching. But anyway, uh, unfortunately, I don't have an app he could use, but I have some ideas on how to work around it. One, he could use Evite. Yes, it wouldn't be texting, but it does allow everyone to respond and he can tally folks and it has an app as well so he could access on his phone. Two, the Reminders app. If he creates a new list in the app, he could list all of the kids' names as they respond. Yes, and he can check the box and move uh, them to complete. Then he'll know how many are complete and are a yes, and those that are not checked are a no or no response. Hope that helps. Regards, David. Hi, Rob. In podcast 274, another listener, the football coach, was looking for an app to allow him to record names and if parents have responded to his calls. For things like that, you could use numbers. They even have a template similar to that. And you could just change a column of cells to multiply choices and fill in the data. Hope that helps. Regards, Dan. Thanks to all that sending responses to DZ. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. Per the guy looking for a 3.5 millimeter cable, have him go to monoprice.com. They have all kinds of cables at the best prices. Regards, David in Springfield, Mo. Hi, Rob. For the person in TI 274 that wanted headphone adapter to extend through the uh, Lenmar battery case, Mophie has a great one on their site. It's rugged and it works perfectly. It costs $9.95. It's called the Mophie Juice Pack Headphone Adapter. I have one that came with my Mophie Juice Pack Air case for my iPhone 5. I love it. Regards, Frank M. Hey, Rob. Brad over in Michigan. Hey, I think somebody was asking about a cable on your last episode here. They said that they had looked around Radio Shack, Fry's. I would suggest that anytime I need a cable, any kind of cable, that audio, video, or iPhone or anything, I always go to monoprice.com. Monoprice seems to have not only one, basically the best, I think, actually, yeah, uh, it's just a B&H, I think, which is a great suggestion. The monoprice seems to have uh, just about every cable I've ever been looking for, and their prices are fantastic. Quality is excellent. So I just wanted to suggest monoprice.com, M-O-N-O-price.com. Thanks, bye. 
Hi, Rob. On item 274, a listener, Daniel C., asked about a good video editor for doing picture-in-picture style videos. I was shocked to find that I can help with this. Tell Daniel to try an app called Video in Video by Flamby. It is free with a $1.99 Pro upgrade, and it works very well. I've used it for a couple of projects to work, showing a wide shot of an operation with a close-up detail shot inserted with very good results. Glad I could help with this. Regards, Mike K. in Barbersville, West Virginia. Thanks to Dan in Fort Worth, Texas, and Steve for also recommending this app. So Daniel, looks like video and video, three words there, is the way to go for your picture-in-picture needs via iOS. Let us know how that works out for you. Back to news. Research firm Kantar World Panel recently released a report covering the March to May period for smartphone sales in the U.S., and they found that the iPhone increased its market shares by 3.5 points, coming in now at 41.9% market share versus the same period in 2012. Android increased 0.1 points to 52%. BlackBerry plummeted from 4.6% to 0.7%. So in 2012, they were 4.6%. In 2013, that same period, they were 0.7%. Ouch. Windows increased from 37 to 4.6%, showing Windows Phone 8 is likely going to be the third place OS worldwide and in the U.S. for the foreseeable future. Blackberry with just 0.7% is basically at a point where they just need to turn off the lights in Waterloo and call it a day. More interesting from this report than even the death of Blackberry is that the March to May period, the iPhone 5 was the single best-selling smartphone at T-Mobile, despite it only being available for about half of that three-month period. Looks like from their calculations, the iPhone 5 pulled in 31% of sales share, for the whole three-month window, even though, again, it was just available for half that time frame. Interesting that the iPhone seems to already be more successful at T-Mobile than the iPhone is at Sprint. Actually, when the next iPhone launches in the fall, it looks like only Sprint will show a less than 50% market share of smartphone sales for Q4 of 2013. Apple announced that the next quarterly conference call will be on Tuesday the 23rd at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, which means the next Today in iOS podcast will also be on Tuesday the 23rd, which also is perfect for me as on Wednesday the 24th, I'm doing what has become my yearly briefing on the world of iOS to KFest, the world's only remaining Apple II conference, and again, the only place I feel like a tech newbie. In anticipation for this quarterly conference call, Philip Elmer DeWitt at Fortune has pulled together some predictions from analysts on how many iPhones Apple sold last quarter. This ranges from a low of 23 million from Edward Parker, a quote, professional analyst, unquote, at Lazard, to a high of 32 million from Matt Liu, an indie analyst from the Brerebron Group. The average estimate from the 28 Wall Street pros and 17 indies is 27.15 million iPhones sold. For perspective, last year Apple sold 26 million, and the previous quarter Apple sold 37.4 million versus 37 million the year ago quarter. So far for iPhone sales, there has not been a year-over-year quarterly decline in sales. So for Edward Parker to predict 23 million when Apple did 26 million last year, most likely means Mr. Parker is either smoking something illegal or has a short position on Apple. 
Since the next episode will not go up until right after Apple does their quarterly report, I might as well talk about what I think Apple's going to do. I will venture to say Apple will have sold 28.5 million iPhones in the last quarter. And for iPads, I think we'll see about 16.75 million iPads sold last quarter. Again, we get specific answers to these questions at 2 p.m. Pacific time on Tuesday the 23rd. A couple of consumer satisfaction reports from Korea came out recently, and the one thing they both have in common is that Apple kicked the butts of Samsung and LG when it came to how Korean consumers feel positively about their devices. Actually, for one report, it was the third year in a row where Apple had topped the customer satisfaction reports. I guess the only thing you can say if you're in Korea is, DOH! All right, back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I got my first Amber Alert on my iPhone today since AT&T added the feature. It is definitely not something you'll mistake for anything else. It comes in as a loud noise that is a bit like an alarm clock and is loud enough that everybody around you will hear it. With the number of phones in our office, if an Amber Alert comes in during the day, people might mistake it for a fire alarm. Unfortunately, with an alert that loud, I think a lot of people will just try to turn it off Looking in settings, I don't see a way to change the sound that plays. Regards, Myron Yu. Hi, Myron. I also could not find a way to change the sound, just how to turn it off. But if I, but I have not yet gotten an alert, so I don't know what it sounds like. If anyone figures out how to change the alert sound for the government alerts, let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, I recently got a second carrier update, 14.2. I have done some internet searching, but have found no definitive answer as to what this update did. Do you, in your infinite knowledge and connections, know what this did? Regards, Tim in Atlanta. Hi Tim. Seems most people are confused on this one, as the info on what it did or does is pretty scarce. Some are reporting it removes the option for tethering for anyone not signed up for a tethering plan. However, I did not find that to be the case as in the settings app under general, then cellular setup personal hotspot option is still there. I saw others say it speeds up LTE or on T-Mobile devices as well. Some said they lost the emergency alerts they gained in the previous update. However, again, for me, that was not the case as the government alerts are still there in the settings app under notifications all the way at the bottom. But if anyone else has a better answer or info for Tim on what the carrier update for 14.2 does, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. More news on the iWatch rumor front. Seems Apple has applied for a trademark in Japan for iWatch. This on top of several other countries Apple has applied for said trademarks. Sure does seem like there is an iWatch coming and coming soon. Some of the sites are already starting to pick specific dates for the iPhone 5S launch. Dave Smith at International Business Time predicts a September 20th release date for the iPhone 5S with a September 18th release of iOS 7. He goes on to predict that a low-cost iPhone 6, as he calls it, would be launched a couple weeks later. FYI, I like to call the lower-cost iPhone the iPhone Air. Per the September 20th date for the iPhone 5S, sounds reasonable. It'll probably be that week, or it'll be a week later, or a week after that, or a week after that. Somewhere right in there. But not likely it's going to be any sooner than that. Again, Apple said a fall launch, and they'll probably stick to as close to fall as you can get on the calendar. One of the other rumors coming out this month is that Apple is looking to buy a chip fab. 
It seems United Microelectronics Corporation is the fab that Apple, dare I say it, finds to be the apple of their eye. That Apple is working to get away from Samsung as a supplier is not surprising at all, as Apple really had too much Samsung components in their iOS devices. And to say that their relationship has soured is, well, a huge understatement. That Apple would actually buy a fab? Well, that does seem a little surprising, as Apple has tended to invest in equipment for suppliers, but not to actually buy them leaving them the flexibility to shop around. That is Apple, the flexibility to shop around. But maybe the situation with Samsung left such a bitter taste in their mouth, they decided to get a little more vertically integrated. We shall see. Switching gears pretty hard here. There's a new free app out there. Some are claiming that could replace the pill. The app is called Clue, C-L-U-E, and supposedly tells the female user when she can not get pregnant. Uh, yeah. It tracks a woman's menstrual cycle and, quote, predicts the time one can have sex without fear of falling pregnant, unquote. Um, yeah, again? Because, you know, young adults engaged in courtship will always, in the heat of the moment, whip out their iOS device and check their app to see if they can get pregnant. Okay. Now, the reason I mention the app clue is not to say they have none. I'm sure, statistically speaking, it'll keep most people from getting pregnant if you have it track your cycle for multiple cycles before using it. And you don't start hanging around a new group of alpha females that throw off your whole cycle and all. But the main reason I mention it is because it can also be used to predict when you can get pregnant. And to me, that is a more important use of this app. I know quite a few couples that have had issues getting pregnant and if this app helps them at all with planning when is the optimal time to try to split the egg, so to speak, then kudos to them. But if you are a young adult not ready for kids, probably best to stay on your birth control. Because to me, this just seems a lot like if you can, you cross your legs. If you can't, you cross your fingers. Just saying. Thanks, Atash, for the heads up on this one, which is about the app Alfred which I have to admit, I don't remember ever talking about before. I definitely have not used it, nor am I ever likely going to use it, because it is being shut down. Seems Alfred was kind of a Siri competitor, which would recommend places for you to visit based on your likes. And I'm mentioning this because the app had been purchased by Google in 2011, and is now being shut down by Google. So if you're using Alfred, be ready on July 19th to bid him a final goodbye as he is off to his final resting place alongside Gizmo5, Jaiku, Mebo, Wavy, and others at the Google Acquisition Graveyard. Yikes, over 35% of Google acquisitions are already in said graveyard. Okay, speaking of Google and acquisitions, one that definitely is not in the graveyard is Android. And if you are someone with an Android device, this next story affects you. Thanks to everyone that sent this one in, and by everyone, I mean everyone. Seems there is a master key on pretty much all Android devices that could give hackers access to an Android device, or to any Android device. This includes letting them steal data, eavesdrop, or use it to send junk mail. And this, let's call it a bug, has been present in every version of Android since 2009. Yikes, that is over 900 million Android devices that are not easy to update. Hmm, not good. 
Essentially, how this works is that hackers can break an app's cryptographic signature, cryptographic signature, yeah, that's better, to turn any legitimate app into an evil, nasty beast of a Trojan malware app. And it goes completely unnoticed by the app store and the user because they are able to make it look like the app has not been tampered with, keeping the cryptographic signature in place. At this point, the team that found this out at Blue Box claims it is just theoretical and not in the wild yet, except for, you know, the part where they explained how it works and what to do to make it happen. Yeah. And now all 900 million Android phones will be updated with a security patch. Uh, well, no, because one, there is no security patch. And two, Android users don't update their software anyway. Since this vulnerability allows access at the highest level of device, meaning it can get access for, to data from any app run on an Android device, if you are an IT person and you have Android devices on your network, you might want to look into this one pretty closely. Just saying. Another reason this may not be in the wild yet is all the hackers were busy with the other vulnerabilities on Android and creating the 90% plus of mobile malware for Android as it was. So yeah, what is that phrase? Uh, oh yeah, out of the frying pan and into the fire. Yep, that is how it must feel to be an IT person trying to secure, bring your own devices to work that are Androids. Not fun. And to say this is not the last time we've heard of this one is, I am guessing, a big understatement. Thanks to Matt for this next one. Seems on Android, those Snapchat photos don't actually get deleted from the phone like uh, you are kind of led to believe they are. So next time you send a Snapchat out to someone with an Android phone, remember, they could, if they wanted, recover those photos. Granted, it might take a little work, but those photos are not actually deleted on Android devices. Yet another reason not to send photos of your private parts to others via Snapchat. And uh, yeah, just try to hang out with iPhone users from now on. Thanks to Mark for the heads up on this one, which is about Travis Snyder, 25, of Virginia, who was recently arrested for breaking into a wireless store in Virginia and stealing several iPhones. The big break in the case came when police discovered under the broken glass near the front of the door a Samsung Galaxy iPhone that belongs to Mr. Snyder. Seems in his excitement about getting his hands on some iPhones, he forgot all about his old Samsung phone. Not sure if this says more about the thief or his Samsung handset. Well, maybe it's a little bit of both and we'll leave it at that. Thanks to John M for the heads up on this next one, which is about Microsoft slashing the price of the Surface RT tablets from $499 to $349 for the lowest price version. That is the one without uh, any extra storage left over when you actually get it. Yeah, they dropped the price $150 also on the higher capacity version. The keyboard cover is still a $100 adder. Microsoft on their website is saying, quote, a great tablet now at an even better price, unquote. And let the spinning begin. Hey, Rob, this is Mike from Vegas. Love the show. First time calling in. I've been using iOS reminders to create all kinds of different lists for me to organize pretty much my whole life. And now the thought of them ever getting deleted is starting to freak me out. Is there a way to back up iOS reminders or iCloud reminders? I'm a Mac user, so I don't know if there's a better way to do it there. Uh, thanks again for everything you do. Look forward to hearing back. Take care. 
Hi, Mike. I believe that reminders sync as part of the calendars, but in iCloud.com, reminders show up as a separate calendar. So uh, if you're backing up to your computer, to iTunes on your computer, they're going to be backing up to your computer. If you're backing up to iCloud, they should be backing up to iCloud. If anyone does reminders a lot and has another app that they can back them up to and knows of another way to back up uh, reminders or break them out a certain way, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi, Rob. Wanted to let you know that WWDC 2013 videos have been posted to YouTube. Just search WWDC space 2013 WWDC videos. And WWDC 2013 is the username. Oh, and when you're searching WWDC space 2013 space WWDCVIDIOS. That's what you're searching. Three groupings, and the last one is WWDCVIDIOS. And the heads up on that came from Levi. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. You should mention to people who have not yet upgraded to iOS 7 and are suffering from Wi-Fi issue that the Wi-Fi only iOS devices are having that I went against everybody's advice to not upgrade if I use it for my day job because I would rather push up that little toolbar and toggle the connection than have to switch to settings every five minutes because CenturyLink and iOS seem to be incapable of getting along even if I turn all encryption off. I'm glad to report that Apple has fixed that issue in iOS 7, and if that is a big problem for certain users, then I highly recommend doing the update because that alone makes up for the minor glitches in iOS 7 uh, that it has right now for being a beta. Secondly, to those who have upgraded to iOS 7, do make sure that you back up your books in PDF format because the moment you open up your iBooks for the first time, all of your PDFs are deleted. Thankfully, I had that check filled for a Wi-Fi sync, but a, a few developer friends of mine are now mining their old system trying to find those references again. Regards, Cody. Hello, Rob. iTunes and audiobooks. They have a purchase and download one-time policy. I hear this is per the publishers. However, audiobooks bought from Audible are available in your library for multiple downloads. The other day, I went to my Kindle app and tried to re-download a book. I got a message. You have exceeded your download limit on this book. Long story short, back up your purchases, especially of audiobooks. Regards, Jim N. Hi, Rob. Why would a game like What's the Phrase need a front-facing camera? It's on my iPhone 4S, but I wanted to play it on my first-gen iPad, but it would not load. I just cannot imagine why it needs a camera, and even less why it needs a front-facing camera. That's what the message said when I tried to download it. Let me know your thoughts. Regards, Robin J. Obviously, Robin, this app was developed by the NSA. Enough said. Just hope they are not monitoring all the podcasts out there as well. Seriously, though, I would be a little concerned, like you are, per any game app that does not have a need for a camera, saying it needs your front-facing camera. To say it sounds a little Big Brother-ish is putting it nicely. It also could be just some perv developer collecting nude pictures of you. You just never know. Back to email bag. Hi, Rob. I listened to your podcast and wanted to share with you my experience with the Kickstarter project Hoodie, H-O-O-D-I. Right from the get-go, the customer service was and is superb. I got two hoodies, one for my iPad 2 and one for my husband's iPad 3rd gen. They have arrived, and I love it. 
I got a hot pink one. My husband got a red one. I received an email when they were ready to ship, and today I unboxed them. There was a short description on how to attach them, but being as I am old, according to my four-year-old grandson, I went to the website and there were several videos under the FAQs on how to attach them depending on the model of and the iPad. Easy peasy. Very nice experience all the way around. Great customer service. All buttons are accessible as is the volume. If it was a sunny day here, I would try it out outside, but it is cloudy, uh, rainy day. I would recommend Hoodie, H-O-O-D-I. It would also be nice to use on the plane for privacy or in a library. So that's my review. Thanks for all your hard work and regards, Judy. Hi, Rob. This is Carrie from Fort West, Texas. I'm wondering if the TII audience or you can help me with finding a new music player. I would like to find an app that allows me to indicate, somehow indicate that I like a song or favorite it or thumbs up it or something and then would create a playlist based off of those songs that I have done that action for. And then I also would like to find a music app that allows me to edit a song in the middle of it. For example, there's a song that my daughters love to listen to but has one bad word, and I would like to be able to edit out that one word and, you know, put the song on their playlist so they can listen to it. So I would love your help or your audience's help in finding these apps or one does all of that. It would be great. But thanks for doing the show. I really appreciate it. Take care. Hi, Carrie. Per editing a song, you can use GarageBand app and you can edit music in that and you can edit out the word that you don't want in there. For the first part of your question, asking about getting a playlist from some songs that you select that you like, I'm going to throw that one out to the audience. If anyone knows of a good app that does that for the, for Carrie, would really appreciate it. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send email to todayinios at gmail.com. And no, don't mention Pandora or iTunes Radio. I don't think that's exactly what you're looking for, but you might want to check out Pandora, Carrie, just in case. In that case, what you do with Pandora is you pick a song or music that you like and you build a station around uh, that, and then Pandora picks other music. But I think you're looking for something a little different. Again, if anyone has any suggestions, give us a call or send an email in. From Kickstarter this week, we have the project Turtle Cell, one word, which is essentially a case with retractable earbuds so that, you, that they are stored in the case when you're not using them. Right now, this is just for the iPhone 5. It will set you back about 50 bucks, and it is not looking too good for them. They have raised a little under $17,000 towards their goal of 50000 and they have until August 4th at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time to raise the rest. But if you are someone that hates pulling the iPhone out of your pocket and having your earbud cord all tangled, this is actually a pretty good solution. Actually... Would like to see Apple do a case like this with their earbuds. And I think therein lies an issue. Probably most people would like to see Apple do it. You have to um, hate tangled headphone cords pretty much a lot to get a case with earbuds that you don't know anything about. They claim the earbuds are of good quality. And if you are interested in this one, you should check out the video. Search for Turtle Cell, one word, that's C-E-L-L, so Turtle Cell one word in Kickstarter, or look for the link in the show notes for episode 275 over at todayinios.com. Okay, this next Kickstarter project I was going to pass on. I didn't even want to mention it. But since they went well past their goal of 40K, which um, now they've raised over 140K, and since it was forwarded from Thomas in Tuscaloosa, I figured why not? 
And this is the Kickstarter project called Poppy, P-O-P-P-Y, which turns your iPhone into a 3D camera. And the reason I was not going to mention it is, well, when it comes to 3D movies and images, I'm not a big fan. I think it is a little too gimmicky. But hey, they raise over $140,000, so goes to show what I know. Pricing for the Poppy will set you back $49, so if 3D is your cup of tea, then check out the Poppy at kickstarter.com. You have until July 26th at 10.50 a.m. Eastern Time to pledge on this one. Hi, Rob. Goji Smart Lock for your home doors. I wonder if the outside piece is required. During the video, it looks like it covers the outside deadbolt and serves as the camera. This works with iOS devices. Regards, Thomas in Tuscaloosa. Hi, Thomas. It looks like it replaces your deadbolt, but that not that it covers over it, but rather replaces your whole deadbolt lock uh, with their own deadbolt lock and control. And then the Goji has a cover on the front of their deadbolt lock, which you can open from the outside and still use a mechanical key. Folks, in a nutshell, the Goji is a smart lock system, ideally for your front door that will allow you to lock and unlock the door remotely with your iOS device. It has a camera so it can send you a picture of who's standing at the door. And it runs on two AA batteries they claim will last a year and you'll get a text message when the batteries are running down. This project is on Indiegogo.com. It is called Goji, G-O-J-Y. They have raised over double their goal and are at $242,000 and climbing. This project will go until August 3rd at 11.59 p.m. Pacific time. Another email from Thomas. Hi, Rob. Here is the next step closer to Star Trek, a cool medical tricorder with your iOS device via Bluetooth LE. Regards, Thomas and Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And this one is called Scanadu, S-C-A-N-A-D-U, Scout. So Scanadu Scout, quote, the first medical tricorder, unquote. And this is on Indiegogo. Their goal was $100,000, and they have raised almost $1.5 million so far. But if you want in on this one, you need to act quickly. It ends on July 20th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Time. This one costs $199 with an estimated delivery of March 2014. So what does this do, you ask? It will check your vital signs, your heart rate, ECG, blood pressure, temperature, respiratory rate, and oxygen levels in your blood. And supposedly, it will do all of this by simply holding the device to your forehead for 10 seconds, which sounds really cool. Please note, this is not FDA approved, and they can't call it a medical device at this time. And if you participate, you will be part of their efforts to get it approved by the FDA. So make sure you read the full site. Don't just watch the video. Look for the link titled Scanadu Scout. Scanadu again is spelled S C A N A D U, and that's over at Indiegogo.com. Staying with accessories, there is a new product category of accessories coming out now, which are small USB to lightning or 30 pin adapters that you can put on your in your wallet or put on your keychain. I'm going to call them micro cord adapters. These are meant to be your emergency adapter cord for when your iOS device is running out of charge and you need to plug it in somewhere to get some extra juice. One company, Blue Lounge, just introed one called Key, spelled K-I-I, -I, 
which they offer three versions of, a black USB to lightning version, a white USB to lightning version, and a black USB to 30 pin version. Pricing is $19.95 for the 30 pin version and $39.95 for the lightning versions. The key is roughly the same length as your standard door key, so it will not stand out on your keychain. Look for the link at todayinios.com for episode 275, show notes titled Blue Lounge Key, K I I. Hi, Bob. This is Samantha. I'm just calling because I was about to get my fiance and brother's product on the show for you to possibly review. Um, it's called the Nomad Cable. It's a three inch lightning cable charger for your iPhone 5 or iPad mini. They just got funded in December on Kickstarter for $50,000 and now they're currently shipping live, so we're really excited about it. Thanks so much and have a great day. Cheers. Samantha, thanks for the call. Pricing for this USB to lightning micro cord adapter is $24.99, so much cheaper than the key, which is $39.99. This one also goes on your keychain. Pricing drops to $19.99 if you buy 10 or more. The Nomad is a little longer than the key, but again, it's also almost half the price. Thanks to Tash for this next one, which is about an electric moped or scooter, depending on what you like to call them. This one is from Terra Motors, and it is called the A4000i. Yeah, not so great a name. That aside, what this one does have is a dock for your iPhone, and it uses your iPhone to display info such as mileage left on the current charge and such. Kind of important info for an electric moped. This one seems to be geared to city dwellers, especially for those in Japanese cities where mopeds are very popular, as are iPhones. No word on if it lets you read or send text messages or play a game of Candy Crush while riding. I would hope, however, that is not the case. The ad campaign catchphrase for the A4000i is still fun to ride even after your friends find out. Hi Rob, here's a good article that suggests quite a few apps that would help designers. I already have many of these. Listeners should download many of the free apps. I also put a few of the paid apps on my app or shopper wish list. Regards, Stephen in Houston. And Stephen is referring to a post at creativeblog.com titled 85 Best iPad Apps for Designers. Why 85 and not 100 is anyone's guess, but I guess it is a potato-potato type deal. I was going to read off the list of all 85 and then thought, wow, that would be awfully mean and boring. And what others would probably call a channel changer. So instead, why we'll just say, if you have an iPad and are looking for a large list of apps for designers then this is a pretty comprehensive list. That said, let me know what apps you think would or should be on this list that are not. Let's see if we can get them to 100. Send apps for this list to todayinios at gmail.com and you can find the list by looking in the show notes for episode 275. Look for the item titled 85 Best iPad Apps for Designers. Hey Rob, this is Rick. My question is, do you think Apple will ever have their own cell phones service, as in like dropping all the carriers, or let them do their thing, but still have their own service. As I remember way back when, when Steve initially wanted to make the iPhone work on his, their own network, but couldn't because there wouldn't be enough money or it wouldn't be profitable for Apple. I was wondering, do you think that's in the process, or do you think they, that's something that they would work on? That's probably really far out there. I was just wondering maybe if you could talk about that or maybe somehow answer my question. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Bye. 
Hi, Rick. In the past, we've talked a little bit about Apple becoming an MVNO. Apple even has some patents thereof. That said, at this point in time, I just don't see them doing it. I don't think it makes sense from a margins point of view. I don't think it makes sense from a politics point of view. They're now on every major carrier in the U.S. And globally, they're pretty much on all the major carriers, except for that one kind of big one in China. But that should be rectified shortly. So again, do I think Apple's going to do this? No. Do I think Apple could do this? Well, they've got the patents that say it. Uh, and Apple, I think, thought about it, like you mentioned early on. But I think at this point in time, it's very doubtful Apple will become their own MBNO. Something would have to drastically change with their relationship with the carriers for that to happen. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I would love to get your thoughts on this. With all the iPhone 5S and mini photos showing up on the rumor sites, wouldn't a new mini iPhone... And I'm going to stop right here. I don't want to call it mini. Let's call it an iPhone Air. Wouldn't a new iPhone Air at exactly the same screen size as the 5S motivate customers to get the cheaper model? I'm sure the iPhone Air wouldn't have the power, the camera, or the retina screen that the 5S has, but many will see the likely the lower price of the iPhone Air as good enough. I'm afraid that a minor iPhone 5S update may be cannibalized by the new iPhone Air or whatever they will call it. I guess Apple couldn't call it uh, the Air. Well, yeah, they can't call it the Mini, but um, that's why I'm saying let's call it the Air. If it's the same size as the iPhone 5S, just saying. Regards, Paul from Bend, Oregon. Well, Paul, first of all, I think the iPhone Air uh, or the lower cost iPhone or whatever you want to call the cheaper iPhone, um, I think it will actually be bigger than the iPhone 5S. I do believe the iPhone 5S will be exactly the same size as the iPhone 5. And I don't buy into that it's just going to be an incremental update. I have seen in the past, again, the 3GS was a bigger update than the 3G was from the original iPhone. So when you went to the 3GS, that was a bigger update than going from the iPhone to the iPhone 3G. And I felt that the iPhone 4S was a bigger update from the iPhone 4 than the iPhone 4 was from the iPhone 3GS. And again, I believe that the iPhone 5S will be a bigger update from the iPhone 5 than the iPhone 5 was from the iPhone 4S. So I think it will be more than incremental. At least history shows it that the S updates, if you want to call them that, so far have been the bigger updates, regardless of what you may hear from some talking heads or the media. Another thing about the lower cost iPhone, I think it will likely be launched outside the U.S. to start. With about 70% of the smartphone sales at AT&T and over 50% at Verizon with the current iPhones, just not seeing the need to launch the lower cost iPhone in the U.S. Eventually in the U.S., yes. But at launch, Apple have more demand on the iPhone Air outside the U.S. where the lower cost device would open up markets and market share. Thanks to Justin for the heads up on this next one, which is about enabling a hotspot on your iPhone without jailbreaking. Note, this is just confirmed for GSM carriers at this time and only tested on T-Mobile. Note, this does require some technical inclination and the ability to actually change the APN yourself. Instructions are included. I will say this clearly. If you don't like when things go boom or break, stay away from this one. If you are not the person your relatives call for tech advice, this is not not likely for you. But this is nice to know about uh, for those that don't jailbreak or can't jailbreak, but still want to tether their laptop to their iPhone. 
which is a big reason why many jailbreak in the first place. Okay, I can put my hand down now. Uh, so I don't attempt this uh, the day before you go on a flight or a business trip. Look for the link titled How to Enable Hotspot Tethering on an iOS 6 and 7 device. No jailbreak required in the show notes for episode 275 over today on iOS.com. A special thanks goes out to Serge who found an interaction issue if your iPhone is jailbroken between the TI app and Gizmo DNS app with DNS script turned on. In that case, the TI app does not work. Turn off DNS script and the TI app works fine. So anyone having an issue with the TI app and are jailbroken and have Guizmo app, G-U-I-Z-M-O, check to see your settings for DNS script. If it's turned on, TI app won't work. Turn it off and TI app works fine. The one dark side of jailbreaking is jailbreaking apps tend to affect non-jailbreaking apps. Hi, Rob. This is Tom from New York. Unfortunately, I, I've always had a jailbroken iPhone from the beginning. However, my phone, I have an iPhone 5, and it locked up, so I had no choice but to go to iTunes to restore it. Naturally, it restored it to 6.14. My question to you is, I know there's no available jailbreak at this time, but I see some uh, news on the uh, YouTube about having Cydia without jailbreaking your phone. I would like to know from you before I mess with this stuff, is that possible? If not, I'll just have to wait for a jailbreak. Anyway, hope you had a great 4th of July weekend. Thanks very much. Enjoy your show. Have a great day. Tom said to say you're going to be waiting a while. As near as I know, there's no way to get Cydia on a non jailbroken iPhone. So I, I don't know what you were hearing or who was saying that you can get Cydia on a non jailbroken iPhone, but I've never heard such a thing. Uh, if you want to go ahead and send me a link to that article or where you heard it, but it sounds like somebody, I, you know, watch out, especially if they're saying you can do it, but they'll charge you money. Just doesn't sound right. Something doesn't, something sounds afoul. Thanks to Tash for the heads up on this next one, which is the free for a limited time app, Viewmatic. And that's one word, V-I-E-W-M-A-T-I-C, Viewmatic. Uh, this is a, quote, top rank photo app, unquote. And, well, it is free, so download it soon if you like playing with different photo apps, which I'm sure includes many of us. I am so looking forward to getting iOS 7 on my main iPhone uh, for one key reason, you can put lots and lots of apps in each individual folder. So with iOS 7, I'll be able to consolidate my four or five folders with photo apps into one folder. I want to send out kudos to Philip Elmer DeWitt for his post titled, Who Says Apple's iPhone 5 is the Most Hated Smartphone? Which is a rebuttal and refuting of the hit piece from a London tabloid that said the iPhone 5 was, well, the most hated smartphone and the s4 was the most loved sadly that piece was picked up from mainstream press in the u.s who forgot that whole you know fact checking thingy that was supposed to be banged into their heads for four years at j school philip did a great job tracking back where the bs came from which is the daily mail who made up their conclusions based on some data from we are social report 
about social mentions of smartphones. Essentially, someone at the Daily Mail looked at just select bits of the report to make a link bait article. Like that there were more negative tweets about the iPhone because, you know, there was much, much more tweets about the iPhone overall. Like a 12 to 1 ratio of tweets about the iPhone 5 versus the S4 when they were both launched. But negative tweets, the ratio was not 12 to 1 like it was for the initial launch overall. It was just 2 to 1. Or you could say the S4 had a 6 time higher rate of negative tweets if you know you want it to be oh, accurate. Per the most love part, yeah, there is just nowhere in the report from where uh, we are social. And apparently, that was just made up by the Daily Mail. But if you know you go by number of positive mentions in social media, the iPhone 5 would be most loved. Or you know you could go by sales, in which case, again, the iPhone 5 is the most loved. So the Daily Mail, which had a post titled, quote, Apple's iPhone 5 is the most hated handset, while the majority of people love the Gal Samsung Galaxy S4, study finds, unquote, uh, which, as Philip showed, is total BS, should have more accurately been titled, quote, iPhone 5 most love handset, while S4 had six times the rate of negative feedback, study finds, unquote. But I guess right now, that is not really good link bait. Shame on the Daily Mail for the article, and big shame on mainstream U.S. media for picking it up. Back to the email bag. Hey, Rob, thanks for the promo code to Primal Paleo. The app rocks and has helped me understand this paleo thing better. Regards, Tony M. Hey, Rob, my wife and I have the iPhone 4. Also, my mother-in-law has the same, and we all want to start to upgrade to the newest, best iPhone. Would you hold off on buying based on past announcements? Would you expect a new phone to be announced in August, September? Your opinion on this is the only one I will trust. Regards, Keith P. in coming Georgia. My recommendation is to wait until the iPhone 5S, which should be announced and released late September to early October timeframe. I definitely would not update at this point to the iPhone 5. Again, 5S is going to be here soon, and I do believe the 5S will be a bigger update than the 5 was from the 4S. Yeah, hi, Rob. This is Tony from Ellicott City, and I wanted to tell you guys about this little feature that I found that I thought was a bug at first. In iOS 7 Beta 2 and Beta 3, if you go into the music app, not only do you have the new radio phone, function, but I went into my songs, and I saw that all of my songs that I had that I downloaded from, from iTunes were in the app and were playable, which I was like, wow. And my first thought was either this is the greatest bug in the history of Apple or this is a new feature. And what is odd is that you can download them to your device, but you don't have to. You can listen to the music right on, right on the app, right on the music app. And it also works with videos, too, as if you go into the videos app, all of your, your movies, TV shows, and music videos are all available to stream without downloading them to your device. But I then went into the settings app and went under music and videos, and there's an option that says show all music and show all videos. And it says all music that has been downloaded or that is stored in iCloud will be shown. So I guess it's, it's similar to what they do in iBooks, is that you can now have all your books or all the books that you purchased shown there. 
but it's 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 just a little different because you can't actually view the books without downloading them first. But the music, you can play the music, you can watch the videos all without downloading them to your device. And it looks like that it's on by default, so you don't have to sh- so you don't have to switch it on. But uh, I just thought that was a nice little feature, and hopefully Apple keeps it in the further betas and the and the final release of iOS 7. So I just wanted to give your listeners that little tidbit. Thanks, Rob. Enjoy your show. Bye. I did some traveling to New York the week of the 4th of July to visit my family back on Long Island, which was the first time I was able to use my new laptop bag from STM, the Velo bag, that I talked about a few episodes back, and I really loved it. The side compartment for the laptop and the top compartment to slip my wallet and iPhone into really were great and appreciated when going through security. The bag easily carried my 5-inch MacBook Pro, two iPads, four iPhones, a camera, a chargers, power cords, and more. If you travel and are looking for a new laptop bag, definitely check out the STM Velo Bag. Link in the show notes for episode 275 over today on iOS.com. The STM, STM Velo Bag is currently $79 in Amazon. And even if you are not looking for a new bag, if you travel at all for business and have a MacBook and or an iPad that you travel with, this bag is worth looking at. I picked the blue one. One, because I like blue, and two, more so because it stands out from all the other black bags out there. From the email, Hey Rob, thought I would let you know I just made my first snap guide, how to do control F on the iPad, as in control find. Regards, Ben from productivitypad.blogspot.com. Thanks, Ben, for the link. Folks, look for the link titled how to do control F on an iPad in the show notes for episode 275. And if anyone else has a snap guide, they snap guide. If anyone else has a snap guide, they did. Please share that with me. Send me the email with a link to your snap guide and send that to todayinios at gmail.com. When I first read this next story, I dismissed it offhand. One, it was from a site I did not know of. And two, it was just not possible. Uh, but quickly, the story showed up on the Wall Street Journal and Forbes slash CNN and is about the tragic story of a young lady in China that was electrocuted. That part from everything I read does not seem to be in dispute. But how her family claims she was electrocuted seems to me to be very questionable at best. Seems she was answering a phone call on her iPhone 5, which was charging at the time. And that is when she was electrocuted. Um, no, not, not if it was an iPhone 5 and the Apple charger, not even remotely possible with an Apple charger and the iPhone 5. All that is getting on the line is five volts DC and sorry, that's not going to electrocute a mouse. Uh, okay. Granted the amperage is like two amps, but, uh, not a five volts DC. It's just not enough to do it. Uh, and definitely not a lady. Uh, now it's possible she had a third party charger which one article says it was not, but it's possible she had the third-party charger and it does not have the protections built in that the Apple charger has. And it's possible here where some sort of cross, um, some sort of short on the third-party charger that made the main cord go hot with the AC and then, as reported, she was getting out of the tub, possibly with her foot still in the tub. She grabbed the cord but it is so unlikely this was an issue with an Apple charger and cord. Apple designed their power supply with safety in mind. 
there is an overvoltage shutdown circuit, and there, uh, the isolation distance between the primary and secondary circuits appears to go beyond the regulation required, 50% beyond. So again, I think it is very unlikely it was an Apple, Apple genuine charger in question here. Now, there are th some third-party knockoff chargers that look a lot like Apple's charger that have in the past been reported to, quote, be tiny, cheap, and dangerous, unquote. And sadly, that is likely what the case will turn out to be here. A third-party charger, poorly designed and built with, unfortunately, tragic results uh, being with this person, getting out of the tub and being wet, and just all things probably came together uh, in a perfect storm. Apple, for their part, issued a response where they said they were saddened of the lady's death, as are we, and Apple said they would investigate this further. So now what most, most news stories you're seeing is Apple investigates woman's electrocution. Again, at the end of the day, when this is all said and done, investigations are done, if this turns out to be Apple hardware, I would be very, very surprised. I think when we hear the news and the truth come out on this story, what we are most likely to find out is that it was a third-party charger, poorly built, poorly designed, that caused this tragedy. Before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or record your feedback and email to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. The feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app or product review, good or bad. As long as it's iOS related, it is welcomed. I am always looking for new artwork to feature that you have created on an iOS device. Put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we are always looking for more music created on an iOS device to play on the show. This is your show and your feedback is greatly desired. Speaking of you and this show, in the month of July, TI will hit a big milestone and that we will reach our 10 millionth download. That is a huge deal. Actually, it might move into August now uh, because I didn't do an episode last week. But anyway, uh, this is a huge deal and we're very, very um, proud of this because there are very, very few podcasts that ever make it to 10 million downloads. And I really just want to say thank you so much for making that happen. And if you guys want to email me, and tell me when you think TII will cross that 10 million mark. Please do so, and I will see if I can get together something for the winner. Or if you want to contribute to the winner, let me know. Either way, send the email to todayinios at gmail.com. And finally, if you want to know when new episodes go up, look at the TII app. Not just as the best way to consume the show, but also a great way to get push messages when there is a new episode goes live. Or if there's other iOS breaking news, like last week with the free apps. Just $2.99 in the App Store. It helps you get the most out of your out of this show, and it helps support the show at the same time. Plus, it makes it really easy to email or call the show with your feedback. Again, just search for TII in the iTunes App Store. And that, folks, is going to do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to bone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I. -I. 